0: Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Kevin Knight and I'm here in Gothenburg, Sweden with Eva Ringheim matson Eva, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. I'd like to begin by just getting a little bit of a better sense for how it is that you came to be a member of the church. Were you born in the church? Did you convert?
1: No, my parents uh, became members a couple of years before I was born. Okay. And they took a uh, great deal of time uh, to become members. Uh, They actually spent five years investigating the church and a lot of missionaries. Um, My parents were uh, well-educated and nobody else in their family or by their friends uh, were interested in the church. And the church was uh, small after the Second World War. Mm -hmm. Most people immigrated to the States, but they, they stayed.
0: Was this in Denmark?
1: Denmark, Copenhagen. In Copenhagen, Mm -hmm. okay. So um, they became members because my oldest brother started asking questions when he was about four about God and angels and where's grandfather, who Mm. was dead. Mm -hmm. And my mom wanted to find answers, so they searched, and the missionaries knocked on their door and presented a church with a prophet and a message from Jesus Christ. And she said, come on in. And that was the start. So I was born in the church.
0: Okay. And they, um, had they been religious at all before that?
1: Not really, okay. uh, just ordinary uh, Lutheran church, you know, Christmas. Christmas
0: and uh, Easter. Christenings,
1: funerals, something okay. like that. Um, so it was a big uh, change for the better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you know what kind of... There must have been something they were working through over those five years of investigating the church. Were there specific things or were they...
1: I know my father said that um, he tested everything in the church. And he said, I got my testimony backwards um, I tried it all. I came to church. I paid tithing. I lived the word of wisdom. I learned everything. And the last thing he got a testimony about was actually Joseph Smith. Oh, really? Um, So he had read a lot and he said, A Marvelous Work and Wonder Mm -hmm. was a book that he appreciated and even Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he had... Been baptized, he immediately got a calling as teacher of the investigator class because they say nobody has <laughs> heard the lessons so many times as you have. So,
0: wow, that is interesting because we we so often begin with that Joseph Smith story, yeah. no. and, and and even to the logical mind, we we tend to appeal to the message of the restoration. Mm-hmm. But by their fruits you shall know them, yeah. and that's how it's. That's how
1: he out. did, he, and and he. He felt it was so American, uh, like a Hollywood movie with angels and gold plates, and <laughs> so he couldn't quite. Uh, he couldn't quite get that in the beginning, but he yeah. got it later. Well,
0: that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in particular about Joseph Smith that he was hung up on, or was it the notion no, of no,
1: just the thing that he had seen God and okay. that that he had gold plates and sounded
0: uh, a little fantastical. It
1: sounded like a good movie.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> and then uh, how did you meet your husband?
1: We met at a youth conference Fest in Oder. Okay. And actually um, they started that in the 60s so that the youth of Scandinavia uh, could meet here instead of emigrating or marrying outside the church or go to BYU. And uh, my parents, who were both Uh, in the mission MIA, as it was called then, Mm -hmm. uh, made the the first Danish conference. And I was 12 then. And uh, they they got all their kids to help um, in different ways. Um, So all of us four children learned how to work hard in the church with all kinds of... uh, um, Things all from uh, doing movies, uh, uh, cleaning tables, uh, putting new toilet paper rolls on to leading music, or later when I became older, uh, dance festivals, mm-hmm. uh, participating in sports, everything. And uh, it was a good school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they liked to get input from their children, and they did that a lot.
0: How many children were there? We were four. Four. So your parents, um, being converts themselves, how did they teach you the gospel? How did you end up coming up with your testimony?
1: I think they had a very um, uh, good approach to other people. I mean, they... Coming from outside, they didn't feel um, inclined to um, judge mm-hmm. other people of where they were in their belief. Um, they never discussed at home other people in church if they thought they did one thing good or bad. They taught us the gospel. We had family home evening, and there was room for improvement, like when my father became a high priest when we were made a steak. He came home one week and said, listen, I think we don't have to buy fresh bread on Sunday and I don't need to get a newspaper. So let's try and see if we can keep uh, the Sabbath day uh, holy in a better way. And I felt so proud of him uh, for doing that and showing that even parents can improve their way of uh, living the gospel and I think um, there was room for the parents to teach the children but also for the children to show the parents uh, faith Mm -hmm. and
0: um, that's true yeah has there ever been a time in your life where you second-guessed your testimony or or or, uh, I think
1: when I was um Like 15, 16, I felt um, empty Mm. uh, inside because I was uh, very active in everything in the church um, and did a lot of things, um, but I I needed something inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, seminary had not been introduced in Scandinavia until I was 17. Um, I hadn't read the Book of Mormon from one page to another. I had read The uh, uh, Pearl of Great Price because it was the thinnest. Um, and um, I read it through when I was 18 completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think meeting Leif when I was 15, my husband, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to him about it and he said, um, we all have a mission uh, to fill in on this earth and and I said i don't know I don 't know what i I should do and he said, "You have a mission um, and that stuck with me, and he went on his uh, on his mission, and um, we met again several years later and um, yeah, I have had my mission on being at his side. Mm-hmm. Because he has spent uh, thirty years of our marriage on the stand,
0: mm. wow!
1: As a bishop or state president or counselor to a bishop or state president, so sure.
0: thirty years, wow! Yeah. How many children do you have? Six. Six children. Okay. How have you raised them in the church?
1: We've probably been strict. I think they would say. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, um, we have tried to um, let them learn by testing. And as with my parents and us children, our children have taught us many lessons and been like angels many times. Um, so I find it very, um, very satisfying because. I've never, in my family, experienced the teenage uproar Mm -hmm. uh, from any of us siblings towards our parents, and I have not experienced it from our children. Um, Sometimes I think it's because we live live the same way. We don't have a set of rules for grown-ups and another one for kids. What's bad for them is bad for us, Mm -hmm. and that makes it easier... um, at least that's my explanation. Then, mm. of course, we have wonderful kids. <laughs> yeah, we
0: do. Is there? Would you say there's a defining experience that grounds your testimony, or has it been much more gradual over time? It has
1: been gradual because okay. I know when I was a child, I um, I had an experience as like eleven, twelve year old, where I sat in the sacrament meeting. And suddenly, during the sacrament, I hear this voice inside of my head saying, He is my brother. He has done this for me. It's like something I knew inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't something I was making up. It just, it just came so I never doubted, but I also never uh, had one of those experiences that many people can talk about in, in uh, um fast and testimony meeting where they will say, and then I prayed, and I was filled from... Sh- and I felt like I was floating, or, mm-hmm. and you sit there and say, why haven't I felt that? But I guess... Um, if you're a goldfish in a bowl Mm -hmm. you you don't know what it's like to be without the water you swim in right um i've always had Mm -hmm. the gospel i've always been um sure that it was true um and as a grown-up i i still feel like it's fantastic that all we people who live on this earth once chose Christ.
0: Yvonne, what role has the temple played in your testimony and and, uh, and your experience in the church?
1: Um, We visited the temple when I was six for the first time um, and uh, were sealed as a family, my parents and we four siblings, and I can still remember uh, what it looked like and how it felt, and uh, for me that has been a very uh, comforting thing when uh, i lost my father when he was only 60 um, and my mother passed away uh, when our last child was born um, but i know they're in a better place i'm happy that they left um, while the party was best and that i don't have to worry about them sitting someplace um, being sick and old I lost my sister a couple of years ago um, and I know we will be re- reunited and um, I'm looking forward to that and to meeting all the um, people that we have um, found in genealogy yes. mm-hmm. and that we have um, done temple work for uh, and I hope they have accepted um, the gospel, many of them. Um, so, absolutely, uh, knowing that you can be an, an eternal family is super important for me. I know my sister once said, uh, maybe we are just super egoistic when we feel like I have to get to heaven and I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Uh, it's it's not just a, a question of being nice and good, it's, it's, it's a personal ego thing. I want to get there. Mm-hmm. It's a goal I have to do, it's an ambition. I must get there. So um, every time um, you feel that you do something that's not right, I have this great conscience that tells me da-da-da and get back on track. And actually I've said many times in our ward that I'm I'm not one of the people who, who will say I don't regret anything. I regret lots of things and I'm happy I do because if I didn't, how could I improve myself? And uh, as long as my uh, conscience is telling me this is not good enough, then I know I'm good because he's still talking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can still feel, If, if I didn't feel anything when I did something that wasn't good, then I would be in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Well, let me ask you one last question. You mentioned 30 years of serving alongside your husband as he's been yeah. on the stand. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned that's a, a supportive role that you've played, and, and yeah. certainly it has been. But one thing I've learned, too, is that um, that's very much two sides of the same coin. And there are sometimes uh, people who will say something or they'll be more comfortable with the wife than maybe with the bishop or the stake president. Sometimes they see a different side of people and a different side of people's needs when there isn't that kind of formality of the Mm -hmm. calling that can sometimes be intimidating to people. What advice would you have to leaders of the church who might be listening to this podcast and have members of their congregation who might be having doubts or questions or just having a hard time? What would you say to them?
1: Oh, that was a tough question. Um, Just hang in there and do the best you can. I think um, my generation were still stay-at-home moms. Mm -hmm. And we could support our husbands uh, Mm full-time to do a good job. It's very hard to manage job, children, um, your job in church. Your marriage, your education, uh, it's super hard. Mm -hmm. So I'm not judging people uh, for not being able to do what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can also see that the church is uh, changing because people cannot or will not um, give of their time in the same way. Mm -hmm. I knew before we got married that this would happen because my husband said that I want to serve the Lord and that was one of the reasons I fell for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I had to I had to be supportive um, and I was strong enough to be able to do it and had a fantastic mother-in-law who supported us. So um, we've done the best we could, um now when my husband will say, would you like to go on a mission? I say, I feel I've been on one, <laughs> a long one. Well, but uh, uh, we'll see. I'm still working.
0: Well, certainly you have been uh, ministering for a really long time yeah, throughout Scandinavia. It's been,
1: it's been interesting. But it has been when he was called the first time and I had a brand new first baby, two weeks old, and he was called as branch president. I sat with the baby in the bathroom and sobbed because I knew he would be away a lot and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be that cozy little family situation that I had hoped for, Papa, Mama, Baby. And here we are sitting there and enjoying our little baby. It would be, bye-bye, Papa.
0: (laughs) Well, you're certainly a role model for so very many members of the church. And thank you for sharing your experiences with us, Eva.
1: Thank you.